This audio is from the Axis Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and is part of our sermon series, Steadfast and Faithful, Experiencing Encouragement from the Psalms. For more information, please visit theaxischurch.org. This morning's scripture reading is from Colossians 1, 1 through 8. Be encouraged by the reading of God's word. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for the anointing that's on your word. Um, Lord, we don't even have to pray for the power of the word to be there because your word is powerful because it's, it's you incarnate, Jesus. And so, great word of God, Jesus, come upon us through you, Holy Spirit. Dad in heaven, would you speak forth your blessings? Would, would you declare sanctification and growth uh, in us who are already believers today, Lord? And would you, would you bring conversion today, Lord, and some of our friends uh, that maybe aren't believers? Uh, we ask you to come and bless this time. Thank you for the, all of the worship that's taking place in this entire time, from the kids that are, that are being rocked uh, to the kids that are being prayed over and, and taught, and taught, Lord, uh, for our confessions through song and through scripture reading and, and, and other, uh, other elements that take place today that bring us together as a family as we turn our eyes to you, God. And through this delivery of the word of God and this message, come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Uh, I'm David Thew, and uh, I'm not one of your pastors. Um, I am, uh, I'm one of the pastors at Summit Crossing Community Church uh, down in Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, we are, uh, we're, just, we're blessed to be in family with you. And I know, I know a lot of you, and then there's some of y'all that are like, I have no idea who that guy is, and, and that's all right. I'm kind of, like, kind of like an uncle, you know, that you see about every five or ten years or something like that who, who knows, who knows your, your dad pretty well, and he's like, well, I'm, I'm, he's kind of weird, but uh, we got to do the family reunion thing and, and, uh, and but eat some good fried chicken at the same time. So uh, it, it's a joy to be with you guys today. Um, when Jeremy contacted me and asked me ab- about coming and speaking at this date, and, and then as we talked about, well, okay, what, what does Axis need, you know, from, from, from Jesus and from the Word? As, as we were discussing these things, um, it, was, it, was, um, it was a blessing uh, to, to really understand what God's been doing in your lives and to get behind it. And so as I was praying through, I said, I was looking through scripture and I saw the book of Colossians as being a great encouragement and a charge and challenge to you, all right? And we're not going to be able to go through the entire book of Colossians uh, today. Uh, We're going to get through 
um, about 14 verses completely, and then I'm going to end actually with a couple of extra verses coming from there. But um, as I've, I've taught and preached through Colossians before uh, in, in the years, years past, and um, there's one time that I, uh, I came in and I'd, I'd spent a lot of time in, uh, in East Africa, specifically with uh, the Maasai tribe uh, that's, that's there uh, in Mount, near Mount Kilimanjaro. And um, I, I kind of set, set a congregation up once uh, by saying, you know, all right, it's been a year since I've been there. And I, I, want, y'all to, I want y'all to listen to this letter that I wrote to the believers there. And uh, what I did is I just kind of inserted my name and, and their names into the book of Colossians. Uh, and uh, strangely, if you look at the book of Colossians as being written to a church plant or a young church, church has been around for a few years, it is unbelievable because you will look at it and say, that could have been written to Axis Church. And uh, this, verse, this first section that we're going to talk about uh, today um, it should bring great encouragement to you guys. I'm here because um, I, I love Jeremy Rose. Uh, Jeremy is one of my best friends. He is, uh, he's a man that, that holds my feet to the fire, that prays for Danielle and for my kids, uh, and uh, that, that he presses me into the gospel. Uh, and we, we work together, he and Paul Whaley, uh, lead pastor at Summit Crossing, the three of us, man, we, we're, a, we're a band of brothers and, and we're, we're doing a lot as far as planting churches and training church planters in, in the area. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a little while. But some of my greatest moments and greatest memories in my life uh, have been, been with Jeremy. Just, just a couple of years ago, we were, uh, we were at our Acts 29 Pastors Conference out in uh, Long Beach, California. What a blessing it was to be out there. Um, where it was beautiful and sunny, but yet without all the humidity. Anybody would vote for that right now? Okay, I'm with, I'm with you too. And um, we, we were out there, and it was July 12th at about 11 p.m., and we're, we're just deci- about to decide to go back to our hotel rooms and get a good night's sleep before we hit our conference for the next day. And then we all kind of look at each other and say, you guys want to do something crazy? And uh, which which is not which is not uncommon, but uh, um, we because July 13 was my birthday, and we, we just kind of said, let's go to Hollywood, and uh, so we all piled into a couple of vehicles and drove to Hollywood and got there right about 12:05. We got went all the way down to Hollywood Boulevard, looked at the stars down there, stayed there for like an hour and then drove back. So it wasn't, there was nothing all that crazy about it outside of we, we were spontaneous and just enjoyed it. And to this day, it's just one of, my, one of my favorite memories of having some friends who love Jesus with all their hearts and love me and, and love my family and love having fun. And uh, so we, we love Jeremy, love, love the roses. We love, love Jill and JJ and Caleb and Bethany and uh, Elsie Grace, um, they're dear to my family as well. Um, I love Axis Church. I remember, I remember the flood. Um, what year was the flood? Anyway, 2010. Uh, I remember coming up with a couple of friend, a couple of guys from our church, and and serving alongside some of you as we went through went through Germantown. Uh, and uh, uh, what's the other area near Germ? Right here too. Salem Town, yeah, 
and just cases and cases and cases of water, just making sure that people had clean drinking water. And uh, just to be able to come and just be among the Axis family as you loved on and blessed this community. Just what, what a blessing. What a joy it's been to be a very small part of your story since the beginning. And I want you to know that you inspire me. I'm, I'm so thrilled at what God's up to. I love the eclectic, Jesus-loving, Bible-believing, big worshiping family that is the Axis. Now, before we jump into Scripture, uh, one, one, other, one other group of people that may be in here that, that you know you're not Axis family yet. In fact, you, you may not even be a, a follower of a worship or a worshiper of Jesus Christ. You may be a doubter. You may be a skeptic. You know that you're not a, a Christian. And I just want you to know, man, you're so welcome. This is such a good place to be. This is such a good family to come and to hang, to hang out with. I want you to know you're among some of the most loving people that I've ever met. They unselfishly serve the city. Get to know them, and you just might fall in love with their God. So we're going we're gonna to start in this first chapter of Colossians today. And I want to remind you just of this big, this big picture, this strange plan that Jesus had. He came to seek and to save the lost. And to do this, he willingly offered to die for our sin and our rebellion. And he rose again from the dead and was eyewitnessed by over 500 people that even, even amidst being tortured, they never recanted that. None of the eyewitnesses, none of the 500 Eyewitnesses ever recanted that they saw a resurrected Jesus. And then Jesus put the mission, his mission, into the hands of those who betrayed and failed him and left. Now, on the cusp of it, you might, we might think we need to send Jesus to a leadership conference. That doesn't sound like a really good strategy. But look at what's happened over these last 2,000 years. Well, let's talk a little bit about this, let's jump into this story as Paul is speaking toward a church that maybe they're about nine or ten years old, uh, like the Axis family, just a little bit down the road. Starting at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. All right? So this is classic Paul, the Apostle Paul, he self-defines as being a follower of Jesus Christ, as being one called by God to be a spiritual entrepreneur through making disciples, planting churches, okay? So what is, what is an apostle? Let's, let's note three different things. There were the apostles with a big A, all right? Say, say apostle big A, all right? Uh, the apostles, big A apostles, were a specific small group of men who saw Jesus after he resurrected and were sent out to spread the message of Christ and to lead the church or to lead the churches there. Okay? That was, there was, there was 12 of them. Okay? Um, apostle little A. Uh, say apostle little A. Okay? So any, anybody who ever declares to be an apostle um, these days... They, they shouldn't be declaring that they're an apostle big A, but an apostle little A. Uh, this would be, uh, would be a man who has the gifting and the calling to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ and to plant and establish churches. So in its, in its pure definition, this man would raise up leaders, delegate responsibility, and move on to the next field. All right. The next thing about uh, uh, the word apostle would be apostolic giftings. Okay. So people with apostolic giftings, 
Um, and this, the many church planters are called to plant a church, but to stay in that church and in that city. Um, so they need the gifts and the abilities to understand the vision that God has for a church, to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ and invite people into the vision of the church and establish leadership as they stay, as they stay around. And so you'll, you're, you're going to see, you're going to see, uh, men with, uh, that are apostles, little a, and they, man, they're just always going and starting things and moving, moving on. Then you're going to see people with other apostolic giftings. Um, and by the way, this, this isn't something that only takes place within the church. Um, that there's, I know there's entrepreneurs here. There are people that, that you're, you're a part of, of starting, starting things, starting movements. And I mean, and it doesn't even have to be something that's for profit. I mean, you might be someone that you're a, you, you ladies that you, you know, your, your kids are young and, and you're, you're in PTA, you know, and you just, man, you rally, you rally people. You're a part of, of getting things started or recreating. There's, there's wonderful apostolic giftings that God gives throughout the body of Christ. Um, and so as, a, as, as one of the pastors of Summit Crossing Community Church, you know, we're, we're in family together, as I mentioned. And so specifically, we're joined together through the church planting network called Acts 29. And we believe in planting churches. Axis does, Summit Crossing does, the Acts 29 network does. But further, we value churches that plant church planting churches. Gospel-centered, indigenous, tribal, self-supporting, disciple-making churches. We want to raise up church planters who do this. We want to invest in these types of churches. In fact, you are that type of church because you're already a, a church plant, but for years you, you have been supporting other church planters uh, for years, Jeremy has been in, in the weeds and in the trenches, you know, with emerging church planters and current church planters and guys that have been around for a while. And he's a big, big encourager of pastors in Nashville and, and beyond. Um, but I know, I mean, you guys are about to launch something, you know, in, in, the, in the next few weeks. Am I giving anything away here? Okay, all right. Y'all know this. This is, this is about to happen, you know, in North Nashville. I'm so thrilled. been hearing about it and praying for this, uh, you know, for, for a, a couple of years now. And, man, y'all are there. And uh, just so thrilled. It, it's, it's risky, and it takes a lot of energy, and it changes relational dynamics. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change things, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it for, for the greatness and the grandeur of Jesus to be spread further and for discipleship to be more robust. And so get ready. Things are going to change, change some. I, I, I bet you wouldn't be a part of Axis Church if, if you were somebody that you just had, everything had to always be the same because you're not going to be around church planters and like it if that's the case. But, but still, things are going to change a little bit more in, uh, in the weeks and the months to come. And so go ahead and, and just kind of prepare your hearts for it. And it's good. It's a good thing what God is going to be doing over the weeks and the months to come. And there's more opportunities that's going to happen. There's going to be opportunities. Some of you are like, well, man, I, just don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing to, to serve the, the, this church or to really be a part of the family. Guess what, man? There's some, there's some, there's some openings probably about to, to happen in the, in the next few weeks and months by which it's going to be your opportunity to jump in. Jump in head first. I encourage you there. So the Apostle Paul would go to different regions. He would proclaim the message about a Jewish man named Jesus who he said was God incarnate. Some would turn to Christ. He would form them into a community 
read church. And either he or Timothy or someone else would raise up servant leaders and ultimately governing leaders, which would be elders. And this is the story of Christianity. If you want to discover more about what this has been and what this has looked like and what you're a part of, begin reading through the historical record of the Christian church called the book of Acts. And so Colossians is written in the middle of the quick expansion of Christianity. Paul had discipled and mentored several men, and one of his trusted leaders was Epaphras. Epaphras was the one who had spread the message of Christ to the city. He had planted a church or maybe churches in the city, in Colossae. And Paul had not even been to Colossae. In fact, Paul was in prison when Epaphras gave him this report, all right? So Paul, Paul was very committed to his calling to proclaim the deity of Jesus Christ. He was almost killed by Jewish leaders. The Romans beat him. He sat in prison for almost two years. He was transferred to a prison in Rome by ship. The ship sank Many drowned. They swam to an island. They told folks there at Malta about Jesus. They became Christians. Paul was unbelievable, an unbelievable, faithful follower of Christ and leader. He was so changed by the message of Jesus and his resurrection that he was willing to walk through what God put him through. Now, just pause for just a second and just say, you know what? I'm not even going to ask, are you willing to walk through whatever God has to do. I just want, to t- I just want you to, to tell you, you've got everything you need for anything that God has in front of you. God's given you everything you need for life and for godliness. And it's not gonna be easy. Life is very, it's very challenging, even without Christ. But with Christ, there's much sacrifice. God's given you everything. He will give you everything. He's going to give you everything you need. He's going to give Axis Church everything Axis Church needs in the next year and two years as you guys press forward with a vision that God has for you. Paul was eventually imprisoned there in Rome, and most likely it was there that he wrote this letter to the church of Colossae. Colossae is currently under a large mound of dirt in the country of Turkey, all right? It'd be neat to see it unearthed someday. Then the region was called Phrygia. Uh, Colossae was not a large city, and Paul himself spent most of his time in large metropolis areas, planting churches, Uh, but then that flowed into smaller cities and ultimately into rural areas. Um, Colossae's main industries was, was textiles. Wool was the main commodity that they had. The city was actually named after the color of its wool, Colossinus, and according to different sources, it was probably purple or maybe rust, rust colored. Um, it was near Laodicea and Heropolis, and about three of those cities were badly damaged by a major earthquake around 60 A.D., which which Paul actually mentions uh, here uh, in in chapter two, and uh, um, so. The, the, the city had a majority of Gentiles, which were just folks that weren't Jews. Many of them were pagans that worshipped other gods in their own temples, and, but there was a large enough group of 
Jews that were there, okay? All right? So I tell you these things because there's some details. I mean, you, you may have zoned out a little bit on some of those things about Colossae, but here's what, I, what, I'm, what I'm meaning by, by telling you these things. is Colossae was a very real city with a very real culture and cultures, very real tribes of people, not just one tribe of people. It's, you can't just paint a caricature of what everybody was like in that city. Like Nashville, wonderful, diverse culture, but culture that needed Jesus, culture that needed the gospel. So I'm going to take you a little bit from Colossae to your city, to Nashville. Every Christian in Colossae was a minister. Every Christian in Colossae was a missionary. Every Christian in Axis Church is a minister, and every Christian here is a missionary. You are missionaries to Nashville. And there are diverse people, groups, and tribes throughout Nashville. You got your hipsters to your gray hairs. You got bankers. You got artists. You got Americans that are moving here from all over the United States. There's foreigners, immigrants, and refugees that, love, that Jesus loves so dearly. It's amazing what's taking place here in, in Nashville. I mean, people from all over the country, they want to go they want to move to Nashville. And, and, and I mean, I was told months ago, it's like if you meet somebody, you know, just ask them how, how long it was that they moved here. Because just about every person you meet, they've just moved here in the last 12 to, 12 to 24 months. And I've, I was up here just not too long ago, and I, I tried that out. I started meeting people here and there. I was like, you know what, how long have you lived in here? And about everybody's like six months, 12 months, something like that, that I'm at. It's, it's pretty amazing. So you are missionaries if you're in the family of God. You're missionaries and ministers you know, to, uh, to this city. And you can't be a missionary to everybody in the city, to all tribes, to all cultures, but you absolutely should be a missionary to those that God has called you among. So where has God called you among? Or whom has God called you to? So Paul continues in his letter encouraging these young Christians at Colossae. Verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you've heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and growing, as it also does among you. Since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, He's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Um, I heard once that, that the biblical authors never thanked any persons but only God. And I hadn't done enough research to know if that's true, but that's absolutely true right here. It should be noted, Paul is exhorting the Colossians for their good lives, yet he gives God the credit. He heard about it from far away, and he notes it, and he praises the people. He, he lifts them up, but note that he gives God the credit. And guys, the same thing is happening here today, quite, quite literally today right now from, from me, because guys, I've, I've heard about your faith. And I've, I've heard about the love that you have for all the saints, of how you're devoted to the word of truth. Axis is a church that is growing in, like I said here, the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from, not Epaphras, but Jeremy 
and your leaders, man. You guys are you're growing. It's, it's happening. So let me join the Apostle Paul in giving, giving God credit for the very good fruit of the Axis family. I mean, here's some of the things that, that you probably know all these things, or there may be some things in here that you're not aware of. Good fruit that God gets the credit for and the glory for. But man, it's good fruit in your lives. There was an Axis community that raised over $400 to meet a financial need of someone in their group. Just, just that group, $400. Another Axis community raised money to support a refugee family in need. You internally raised over $1,000 to help one of your families. There's a team of five uh, from Axis that's going on a medical mission trip to Cambodia in September, just a few weeks away. You hosted over 70 women from the women's rescue mission at your spa day back in March and gave them a free clothes closet and a spa day experience. 70 women. Man, that was good news. You guys, you guys smelled like Jesus to these ladies. One of your families hosted a missionary from Guatemala who needed a place to stay. You guys have completed your first ever pastoral leadership collective and all five men who completed the track preached here recently. How many of y'all, you've heard somebody preach, one of these guys preach in the last few weeks, okay? Yeah, just about all you guys. You heard that? It's, it's thrilling to see this leadership pipeline of disciple makers and people that are, men, these men that are, that, are, that are called to different functions within the church. There are families in Axis that are involved with foster care for the very first time. Several of you guys went on a disciple-making trip to India, which saw 200 people profess faith in Jesus Christ, and 50 small groups were started as a result of that. Amazing. One of your men led a six-week men's Bible study through Galatians. One of your ladies has been coordinating consistent women's ministry events for nearly a year. One of your ladies went on a mission trip to Thailand, one of your men has been leading a homeless outreach ministry every Tuesday for over a year. You financially supported the pastor of 8th Avenue Missionary Baptist Church, which is a church in, in your neighborhood here, on his mission trip to Africa. You cared for Vanessa William, Wilson's family as she passed suddenly earlier this year. Man, now that's, that's salve in a wound right there. One of your ladies has been coordinating college ministry, which has led to discipleship relationship of 12 college students. Guys, I just wanna, I wanna hold the mirror up to you today. And as you look in it, guess who you're gonna see? You're gonna see Jesus. You see Jesus. Amen, so we praise God. I mean, we celebrate that together. Be thrilled about what God is up to. And if, and if in the middle of all that, that you're saying, you know what? I, wow, that's there's so much going on, and, and yet I don't, I don't know that I was involved with any of that, or I, I don't know that I'm plugged in. I, I feel like I'm on the sidelines. Let this be the last day that you're on the sidelines. You, you may be brand new. You, that you, you walked in here, somebody told you about this place, or you, you read about it online, or you got connected somehow, and, and you're here, and, and you don't even know anybody yet. You know, you know me more than you know the people that are, that are here just because I've been talking for so long, you know? Man, it's, it's highly probable that the Lord is saying, this is your family right here. Dig in, dig in. Axis Church, God is being magnified in you. You're good news for Nashville, and you're declaring good news of Christ to Nashville. So 
How do you protect this unity that you have? How do you continue to grow in Christ? Let's go further in the letter, right? Verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light." He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That we heard in verse nine, right there, it's more than just about Paul understanding. That was a kingdom connection that was between that church and with some others. A kingdom connection, and that's, you know, it's something that you guys have as well, a kingdom connection, bands of brothers, a larger family than just your family. The biblical model for healthy church and disciple making means that you're not a lone ranger, even as a church. I was, at one point in my life, I was a part of an independent fundamentalist Baptist church, right? And, uh, and, and though I'm not going to throw a ton of rocks, there's there a, there a lot of good fruit that was there. But a, something that was off and maybe even poisonous was the independent side of it. They were a lone ranger as a church. We don't really need anybody else. Guess what? That's not God's model. That's not the way he has set things up. And, I mean, many churches don't even have a plurality of leadership. They function as a, a CEO model with one man that calls all the shots. And it's unfortunate and it's risky. It's, not, it's neither healthy for the church nor is it healthy for that pastor to be the one guy who has all that kind of power. But it's important for the church... Um, it's important for the church to have a plurality of elders, which you guys... A plurality of leaders and elders, which you guys have... Uh, and this connection, though, is not even just, just to be insulated, insulated among yourselves, though, but this connection and with Paul showed that there was further accountability and relationships which strengthens holiness, and it brings even greater accountability. And guys, I'm standing in this pulpit right now because that is a part of the DNA here at Axis Church. And may it always be so. I love, I love Jeremy. I mean, I, I, I encourage Jeremy and I also call him out. He encourages me and he calls me out on things. And that's part of what we, we see even here. So brotherhood and voluntary accountability is important. What else? Verse 10, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let's unpack this, you guys. What is this knowledge of his will? It's, it's actually more robust than we may think at first glance at this this knowledge is not primarily about data that you have in your head. It's actually, it's actually, the word is talking about experiencing God. In essence, it's saying, may you experience what God wants for you. Not just, not just may you know the things about God, which is vital, but may you experience God and his will in your life, or may you experience what God wants you to experience. Now, that may sound if it sounds mystical or if it sounds difficult, it's not supposed to be. 
So I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to be devoted to a couple things here, all right? So if there's anybody taking mental notes or any other kind of notes, just a couple of things that'll help you to where to where it doesn't sound like, oh well, I can never achieve it. You gotta have a seminary degree to, to be knowledgeable in God's will. No, no. There's a couple things here. Number one is the, the sovereignty of God, and the second is immersing yourself in the Word of God. The, the sovereignty of God, being devoted to that, of saying, God, you are king, but God, you are my king. When, when they asked, when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, well, a portion in there, he said, he said, pray like this, may your kingdom come and may your will be done here on earth as in heaven. That's a sovereignty prayer right there where we're saying, we're saying, Jesus, you're king and you're my king. You're not just Lord of all, you're Lord of me as well. And I bow before you and God help me. I mean, it's like, as if we're saying, King dad, may you declare from the throne room of heaven, may what you declare from the throne room of heaven be manifested in me. Manifested today in my home, manifested today in my work, manifested today at school, manifested today in the studio, in the boardroom, in the neighborhood. Pray these things. You want to grow in these areas? You want to grow in understanding the sovereignty of God? Grow in the knowledge of his will? Take the time to just say, God, you are king, but you're my king, and please be manifest. May your will, may your will be done. May your kingdom come right here in my life. This little, little pro tip, you know, when somebody's sick or you're praying for somebody to, to be healthy, man, ask God, say, God, may your kingdom come and your will be done in their body. And ask him, I mean, ask him to, to, to heal you, yourself or this other person. Ask him to, and, and he heals a lot of times. He, I mean, think uh, you've been healed a, way more times in your life than you've died, Right? Okay? He's done a lot of healing in your life and in people's lives. He does a lot of healing even when we don't ask him. You know what happened? His kingdom was there and his will was being done. And so we're just saying, God, keep it coming. Please do that in, in my life. And, and, uh, and so, I mean, just let that be a, be a help even in the way that you ask God to, to touch you physically. He loves, he, loves, he loves to heal physically. He's doing it all the time. And he doesn't always do it the way we ask. And that's okay. That's why we're saying it's your kingdom. In your will. But that devote, be devoted to that second thing, not just the sovereignty of God, but also immersing yourself in the word of God. Because it's the voice of Jesus declaring the character and the action of God. That is what the Bible is. It's the voice of Jesus. It declares his story. It declares his character. It declares his action as God, right? I mean, you're in a great church to fan the flame of the sovereignty of God and the immersion and immersion in the Bible. I know, I mean, I know you, and I know Jeremy, and I know the leaders here. So keep it up. And because if you're if you keep take babe, take if you keep take if you keep taking baby steps in trusting the sovereignty of God and immersion in the word, it'll yield the following. Verse 10. To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So if you grow in your understanding of God's sovereignty and you grow in your understanding of his story, immersing in his story, your walk will change. 
when it says walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to him, it does not mean that if you'll just be good enough, then God will forgive you. It's not that. Nor is it saying that sometimes you're in, sometimes you're out, sometimes you're forgiven, sometimes you're not. It's not a sin. Rather, what he's saying is when we're filled with the experience of God and his will, we grow in holiness, which means we start looking a little more like Jesus and a little less like selfish Dave or selfish you. And we bear fruit. We bear fruit. So I've got four kids, um, uh, three boys and a girl, Blake, J.P. Cross, and Zoe. Uh, in the 11 o'clock service, my, my, my wife and then Cross and Zoe will, will, be, uh, will be with us. Um, and, uh, but my, my oldest, Blake, he's, uh, he's started his senior year at Auburn. He's in the, he's in the ROTC program there. He'll, he'll be, uh, have his first salute in just a few months as an officer and we'll figure out where he's going to go. But he's engaged, got engaged uh, around Memorial Day and uh, getting married December 30th. So that's coming up and, and uh, just crazy to think that I'm going to have a daughter-in-law here pretty soon. Um, love it. Can't wait. Uh, it feels so right. Um, but we were, we were at her grandparents' farm just the other day. And they have a massive fig tree or fig bush. I'm sure. I'm not sure which one. Does anybody know what is it? A bush or a tree? Tree. Thank you. All right. Uh, a massive fig tree. Lots of fruit on it. And uh, does anybody anybody in here weird like me like it figs like fresh figs? All right. Man, there's a, like two of us. Okay. All right. Figs are very healthy for you. Um, very tasty, especially if they're ripe. And there were there were ripe figs all over. And and the family had 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 all that they needed. And uh, so it was just bright picking. I mean, just much as, as, as we wanted. And so I just, I mean, I was just pinching those things off and just popping them in my mouth. I mean, I, I actually didn't even fill a bucket or anything like that just because I ate them all. Right. And uh, I mean, I uh, literally, there was no more that you could pick just because I ate them all. And, um, this, this is a picture of what God wants to do in fruit in our life. Because the fruit that's in your life, you actually, you get to eat of the fruit that God brings in your own life. But you know who else gets, gets it? There's people around you that when you have fruit, you got enough to share. And people are blessed by the fruit in your life. But then in community, what's beautiful about it is that as fruit appears in other people's lives, man, you don't, you don't just it, it get to enjoy the fruit that God brings in your own life, but fruit from other people's lives as well. And that's, I mean, when, when God brings us together, he does, he works powerfully among us to where we are blessed by his fruit in each other's, in each other's life, his fruit. Um, and what God wants us to do is increase in the knowledge of God. And it's this fantastic cycle that if you grow in the word of God, you grow in health and fruit. And that's actually catalytic to grow even more in the word. Then it says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. All right. Anybody in here ever feel powerless? You ever feel weak? You ever feel like you don't have the emotional energy to survive parenting or job struggles? You just don't know if you're going to be able to be patient, you know, to, to be able to make it through it or patient with your team that you're on or to, that you lead. All right, me too. Me too. I'm, I'm right there. You know what it means? It means that I, it means we have a sovereignty leak somewhere. And, or we've got a, a leak in our knowledge or experience of God. 
When we get to a place where we're, when we're powerless, when we're weak, when we're impatient, we just instantly, we, we pull within ourselves, we, we go to our flesh, and it just means that there's some kind of elite, with some, there's something we're not believing about the greatness of God. And there's somewhere we're not, in, we're not pressing in into the, to the, into the word into the word of God. Now, now I, there are certainly going to be times in which, man, you're pressing in and you just feel poured out and you feel weak. God, God allows for that. And, and when that happens, we just are to look to the Lord and say, God, I'm weak, but in my weakness, your strength is revealed. And so be magnified and, and, and bolster me as, as you, you will. But what I'm talking about primarily, though, is when we make bad decisions, when we sin against the Lord, uh, or, I mean, when, I mean we, when we fail badly, we sin big, or even have a long, dry spell, our natural inclination is to pull away from God, to pull away from prayer, to pull away from the Bible, to pull away from community. And it's one of Satan's biggest deceptions. He will say, you're a horrible Christian, that you need to move away from God and from his people, is really what, what he will kind of whisper into your, into your ears. Guys, learn to identify this lie. Call it out. And then repent and believe in the gospel. So what is that that we need to repent and believe in? Tim Keller described it as this. We're more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we're more loved and accepted in Christ Jesus than we ever dared hope. When we get to a place where we're just collapsed... There's something about his sovereignty and about the gospel that we just don't believe. So when we get there, just admit it. Confess it and repent. Repent and believe. Because learning and remembering that this strengthens us with all power according to his glorious might for endurance and patience with joy. So Christ followers and Christ worshipers that are listening to me, do you want to grow in a strength that brings joy? Stop at the foot of the cross and thank your Jesus. Now, skeptical friends, unbelieving neighbors, it's enticing. I mean, there is strength in Jesus Christ. There is real joy in Jesus Christ. And if, if you, one of, one of, one of our, our friends that, that's not a fo- follower of Christ or a worshiper of Christ, if if you, if you today believe that or you're having an aha moment or a tipping point in your life where it's like, man, I, there's just something enticing about this. I don't, I don't know if it's real or not. I just want you to know, man, that's God himself. That he's, he is right there. He's right there in your life. It, and it, what it means, it means that, that you need to resign from your place as being king of your life, of being sovereign. It means that some of you need to give up the lie that you think you're too bad for God or that God could not love you because he does. He loves you. He was nailed to a cross, took the sins of billions of people upon him, paid the penalty for those sins. Not because he judges and rejects, but because he loves us so very much. It's the best deal ever, but you must believe it and receive the gift of grace. There is hell to pay for those who reject that, though. And so I just want to warn you and invite you to repent and believe in Jesus and stop being, stop being your own king. 
Trade your sins for Jesus' forgiveness today. Repent and believe in the gospel. So in closing, I, I'm going to read these, the next six verses which describe the authority of Jesus and what salvation brings to those who repent and believe. And then I'm going to pray. He is, the invisible, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And Holy Spirit, I, I pray that you, that you uh, make that very evident to us today, that my friends that are believers, that they're greatly encouraged that you would use them and bring great fruit in their lives and, and fruit in this church. God, that the aroma of Christ is so, is so evident and it, that these people smell like Jesus and they look like Jesus. As, as imperfect as they are, as jacked up as they are in their, in their own ways, Lord, because that's how we are as well in Huntsville, Alabama, God. But you do a powerful work that brings glory to yourself, Lord. And so may they believe it and just know that you will continue to do it. May they press into the sovereignty of God and believing and learning more about your kingship and your, rule, your ruling power. And may they press into immersing themselves into the voice of Jesus, the, the word of God, and that you'll continue to strengthen them and give them great joy. And for any of my friends in here, Lord, or, or the guys, guys or girls we haven't even met and and they know that they need, they need Jesus today, that they, they confess that sin. They, they say, yep, I'm a sinner. And I turn everything I am over to Jesus. Jesus, forgive me of uh, my sins. And I receive the gift of you and the gift of forgiveness and of grace. I will follow you forever. You are my king. Lord bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. This audio is from the Axis Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and is part of our sermon series, Steadfast and Faithful, Experiencing Encouragement from the Psalms. For more information, please visit theaxischurch.org.